0: With the likes of ex FBI agents, real estate moguls, self made billionaires, CEOs, and best selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. What is up, Yap Fam? Today you are in for a special treat a replay of a guest interview I did earlier this summer on the Tim Castle show. I go on a few podcasts each week and when a really good interview happens, I love to replay it on my own podcast because you guys tell me that you love to learn about my journey and I love to be on the opposite side of the mic. I don't often get to tell my story and I love to yap, yap, yap. So it's a win-win for everyone. Tim Castle was the host of this interview and he is a best-selling author, mindset coach, and the founder of the School of Success. The Tim Castle Show has a mission to speak with courageous people doing inspirational things. I'm really happy that Tim thought that I was one of those people and invited me on the show. And in this episode, we talked about how I built the app media empire and my outlook on rejection as well as how to overcome it. I told Tim about how I got into broadcasting and podcasting, my habits and strategies for reaching my goals, and some advice for breaking into the podcast industry. No matter your profession, I think you'll want to hear this episode. And be sure to check out other episodes on The Tim Castle Show. His podcast is linked in the show notes. Now enjoy this replay of my interview on The Tim Castle Show.
1: Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so grateful for you to come on and chat to us today. You are amazing. I've been following your journey. I first came across you when you were at HP, right when you were just starting the podcast. Wow. Yeah, so and obviously I've seen that transformation, right? I've seen you move from HP and then you moved to Disney and I'm like, okay, cool, that's that's awesome. Disney's a massive company. Like I could see you growing. And then I saw you developing out Yap. And then even more than that, then it built to obviously making the move to go full-time as an entrepreneur yeah. and like that's happened in a very short space of time, considering like 2018 to now. Yeah, That's yeah. just to set the scene. But like, let's just go back a little bit. Can you just chat us through your journey and your background and some of the kind of ways that you've got here?
0: Yeah, I love that. And I didn't realize we were starting yet, but I love your style, yeah, love how you just jump right into, into it. it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So you're asking about how I got into like, how did I even end up starting Yap, right? And exactly. I would say... Yeah, I would say it has to do with what I was doing in college, right? So when I was in college, I was in the radio club and I was also singing and songwriting. And at the time, I thought that I was gonna be a famous singer because singing was my natural talent. And so I went out and I started looking for internships and I thought, well, I could just get a job at a radio station and push my music at the radio station. So I ended up getting this job at Hot 97 and it's the world's number one hip hop and R&B station. This was like 10 years ago, like a long time ago. So radio was huge. It was like kind of a big deal to get a job there. I was in this New York, New Jersey area. And so all the DJs there were super famous and well-known and it was just like really prestigious to work there. And so I was super hype, you know, 19 years old working at this station. And I fell in love with radio. Um, I kept working on music, but I got less and less interested in music and more interested in broadcasting. And so I used to have online radio shows on the side with the DJs. And so the same DJs that are like super famous right now on the radio, I used to like pretend to be Angie Martinez on online radio shows, which was like the precursor of podcasts. And I had maybe three or four shows over the three years that I was working at Hot 97. Um, I used to also do all the on uh, commercials, you know, I would like read commercials on the air and started like honing my skills as an on air personality, I would produce the shows I would audio edit. And so I really like honed my skills and fell in love with interviewing and being an on air personality. And that was first at hot 97. Now, my journey as you probably know, it was filled with like lots of ups and downs, right? So I worked at Haunt 87 I was a free intern. I worked there for free for three years. And you only get to work at a place for free for three years if they value you. So I was a great worker and I did a great job, but they ended up firing me when I asked to get paid. Um, and mostly because I was a liability, because I called out the fact that I was an unpaid intern for three years. And they kind of were like, oh, let's cut our losses. Goodbye, Hala. Don't <laughs> come back again, right? And so I got fired. Um, that triggered me to launch my own thing called the Sorority of Hip-Hop, strawberryblonde.com. It was a blog site with 50 female bloggers. Uh, you know, we grew very quickly, became one of the biggest online uh, hip-hop and entertainment websites in the world. Blogs were huge back then. And then I shut that down three years later because we didn't get a show on MTV. I can go into detail wherever you want me to kind of pause and go into detail. But long story short, I was devastated after Strawberry Blonde didn't work out because essentially i had failed twice i had gotten fired from my dream job at hot 97 i literally thought i was going to be the next angel martina so i got fired from hot 97 devastated rebuilt from there the same djs who wouldn't pay me minimum wage when i was having the sorority of hip-hop would call me up to host their parties i was on the flyers with them i got shouted out on the radio more than when i actually worked at hot 97 so i had basically like jumped over where I was and like totally elevated by creating my own path and creating strawberryblonde.com. And then we had this opportunity to be on MTV and it was right after Jersey Shore. And it was another one of these like wow. huge moments in my life. And they filmed us all summer. They got us a studio on Broadway. They hooked it up. I got my hair and makeup done every day. I thought I was a celebrity. And then MTV pulls the plug and they just didn't, they said, Hey, Hala, we're moving in another direction. We're not going to air the show. And at this point I was like devastated, right? And so that was like the lowest point in my life. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna be normal. And I went into corporate and, and to your point, you, were, you opened up the show, like I met you when you were at HP. When I was at HP, that was like a low moment in my life. That was when I didn't necessarily believe in myself for like four years. I kept getting promoted. I was a great corporate employee and like I did well in my career, but like looking back, I didn't believe in myself anymore. You know, I was like playing, playing safe right? I started playing safe instead of taking these, these risks and trying to like become extraordinary. Uh, but thank God, you know, I had a couple of rejections at Hewlett Packard, um, some internal positions that I wanted long story. We don't have to get into it, but basically it allowed me to think about what I really wanted in life. And I went back to broadcasting and I thought, well, I want to impact the world with my voice. Like I always wanted to, since I was a little girl, I'm not going to be a singer, but I want to be, you know, a podcast host because podcasts were getting mainstream and I felt like I had all the right skills to do it right. And so four years ago, April, 2018, I started a young and profiting podcast. I side hustled for four years, basically. Um, two years ago, I started Yap media also as a side hustle while working at Disney. And now I have 60 employees We're number one podcast in education across all apps. I got a webby on a read, you know, just signed to cumulus podcast network, uh, started my own network. So Everything has skyrocketed and I'm super thankful.
1: Oh, hello! what an introduction. You're, it's safe to say, <laughs> you're, like, you're exploding, right? Your podcast is wildly successful. But what I love about just what you explained is, it's kind of like the exponential jumps that you, you made. It's exponential growth, massive success. Like some of the stuff you're shouting out in terms of MTV recording a show all, all year with you. And that's a huge investment, right? You think that that's going to then come off and it's going to be your next chance to kind of explode. Throughout this story of lots of stops and starts, what's apparent is you had this grit, this hustle, this determination. What I'd like to jump jump back to is kind of that moment at HP when you were at the low point. Like how did you motivate yourself to then really double down on your strengths? Because obviously you'd done a lot of things before that and had kind of huge success. Like that doesn't happen to everybody, but it could, if you know what I mean. Like you could do that. So so how did you pick yourself up and then get to where yeah. you are?
0: So I am really good with handling rejection, right? I feel like I always use it as a way to like fuel my next big thing. So Hewlett-Packard, while you know I, I did say that I felt like I was a little bit complacent and, and not really thinking about how big I could actually be, How you do anything is how you do everything. Like I truly believe in that. And so when I got into HP, I was like an entrepreneur. I was super tech savvy because I had learned from the internet. I was starting my corporate career much later than everyone else, like five years later than everybody else did, six years later than everybody else did. And so I thought I was going to be really behind, but it turns out I like was getting promoted every six months because I was just so much more technically advanced than everybody else. And so I actually did really well and kind of excelled in corporate. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast. Cause I was like, wow, I'm finally, you know, not broke. I finally made my first six figures. Like I have something to give to the world. And so the reason why I share that is like everything happens for a reason. Like I don't regret even that kind of slow time in my life because I learned so many skills that I'm using today. Now they call me the podcast princess, but at Hewlett Packard I was the PowerPoint princess (laughs) (laughs) and I, and that those skills really help me now you know what i mean i make you know huge deals just with some powerpoints and being able to be a good presenter and i learned that in corporate even though it wasn't the most exciting or glamorous thing i still learn those things and so your original question was like you know how did you pick yourself up in that low point like like honestly whenever i am down and whenever something bad happens i try to figure out like what i can learn and how i can pivot and learn something new so when i was in corporate I just focus on corporate how do i be the best corporate employee how can i get promoted how do i how do i like dominate this the same way that i dominated the music industry and what i did at hewlett-packard specifically is i started something called the young employee network so i got at the company and my office had like lots of young employees everybody was in silos and nobody was talking to each other and there was no culture at all no company party no summer picnic Nobody talked to each other in the hallways. Nobody even knew each other outside of their teams. And so I researched it and Hewlett Packard had 300,000 employees across the world at that time. And I found out that they have this thing called the Young Employee Network and like New York has a chapter and Florida has a chapter, but New Jersey didn't have a chapter. And so I was like, I'm going to start the Young Employee Network. And I got a petition and I had a hundred people sign it. And then I became the president of the Young Employee Network. And I literally infused culture in the whole office. And that got me recognized by this, the C suite. And then I started doing what I had done at Hot 97. I started interviewing the CEO at like all the company events. I started, you know, they started taking me to all the different conferences and flying me to Europe. And I would be the one like on the mic, like uh, managing the booth. And so the same skills that I had at Hot 97, I just transferred them to Hewlett Packard and made the best of it. And I skyrocketed in my career, you know? And so I just feel like everything in life. Has a reason, and when you fail, you don't start from scratch. You start from experience, and that's what I always say. So I just use those experiences to propel me to the next thing and the next thing.
1: Man, I love that. So that was such a <laughs> great, that was such a good quote. When you fail, you, start, you don't lose. What was it? You don't lose, but you start from you have experience. When you
0: fail, you don't start from scratch. You start from experience.
1: Oh, that is that is life. That is life, right there, Hala That's so good. I like I like what you say. So. It, It's all about your attitude, doing what you can with what you've got, where you are. And then obviously creating, you created a lot of success for yourself because you saw an opportunity, you moved on it, you moved on that opportunity. And then the business recognized that you brought community. So how has the role of community played a part in your journey?
0: Oh my gosh. Community is everything. I feel like I've always been this person that just like attracts a community. So I'll give you an example I'll give you a couple of examples. So the sorority of hip hop, that was my first kind of big experience as a leader. And that was an organization. It was a blog site. We hosted parties, concerts. It was a blog site. It wasn't very successful monetarily, but we were famous in the tri-state. It was a successful brand like, and gave me the foundation that I have now in terms of how I created the Yap brand, right? And those were all free volunteers. And I learned how to like attract people to work for free. I understood how to motivate them, how to keep them happy. And so I feel like that's just a great skill that I've kind of honed. And with Yap, funny enough, uh, when I started the podcast, I didn't want a team because I was sort of scarred, you know, 50 catty girls when you're 25, like a nightmare, you know? And I was like, I never want to do that again. I want to do this. It's going to be my solo show. I'm going to do it by myself. I know how to do audio editing and video editing. I'll just do it by myself. And I was so wrong. Like by episode two, I had my first volunteer, Timothy Tan, who's my business partner. By episode eight, I had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel. And it was actually just super fans from the show who would reach out to me. And they would be like, hey, Hala, like, I heard this podcast. I think what you're doing is amazing. Like, I also want to help spread this message. Like, how can I help you? And so one guy from Estonia would help me with my website. One guy from Atlanta would help me with my videos. Like one guy from California would help me with guest outreach. And many of these people are still on my team. And now they're team leaders with 10 people under them and like have left their jobs. And it's just crazy that we started it as volunteers. And community is just so important because it helps you spread your message. So whether it's community on social media, that's that's helping me spread my message, whether it's community of my company and the people who like help me build the app to what it is, doing these with other people is always so much easier. And it's also a lot more fun. Like I just feel like it's just been such a fun journey, uh, just not doing it alone and, and to count on other people and to build something special together.
1: Man, I love what you're saying. It's so cool. So you you took the experience of being an intern from Hot 97, and you applied that to your own business. But at the same time, then you built the blog. But you 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 realized you didn't want to get 50 people under you again. But yet you overcame your ego to go, "Hey, no, actually, we need a team. We need to start implementing these practices because these are these are what make you successful. And if you want to grow and you want to explode, you've got to do these these things within this process rather than trying to do it all on your own. Like, yeah, it's massive. Like. The part that I really want to dig into, because I, I feel like I saw this happen, was you at Disney, and um, you're building the app on the side, like a side hustle, and your podcast exploding. How the heck did you manage to have a corporate gig like at Disney, big role, and do all of those things, and then turn it into what it is today? Like time management, is massive.
0: I I really worked so much like I just worked, you know, I I, I can't explain it any other way other than like I worked 16 to 18 hour days. And so I can go over my day with you. I would wake Mm -hmm. up at like 6 a.m you know, start working on my podcast. And so I would get all my stuff prepared for the day. I was consistent on posting on LinkedIn every day and posting for my podcast every week. So in the morning, I'd make sure that like everything was done. I had already volunteers all around the world. And so I would like tell them what to do as well. Like whoever was working a couple, by the way, like people would only work like three to five hours a week. It wasn't much, (laughs) but like, I would just know like, okay, you gotta do the videos, you gotta do this. So I'd tell everybody what to do in the morning before my actual job. And I would go on the train and it was a 45 minute ride. And I remember that when I was growing, for those who don't know, like I have a very big LinkedIn following and that's kind of what I leveraged to create all of this. Right. So my LinkedIn blew up before my podcast and I was so consistent on LinkedIn, even if like before I was big on LinkedIn, my job on the train every morning was to get my post out, whether it was about the podcast or not my job on the train was to do my LinkedIn post. And then I go to work and many of the times during lunch, I would interview one of my guests, which would mean that I couldn't do any studying day of the interview. Now I feel so blessed because I can just, I, this is my job. I, like I interviewed Dan Pink today. I got to study for five hours. I didn't even study him yesterday, but before when I had a corporate job, I'd be studying all week, you know, constantly just when I'm cleaning, I'm listening when I'm like any like little pocket of time, I'm trying to study for my interview because when I'm at Disney, I literally can't even pull up my notes until a minute before the interview starts. And by the way, there was no like conference spaces. I don't know what was wrong with Disney at the time, but like, you couldn't get a conference space. And so I would be like manning a phone booth from the morning, like just so I could have a spot. I would sit in the phone booth all morning to make sure that like 12 p.m. lunchtime when I have my interview, I was able to be in a quiet space. I remember one time I locked myself in a closet. One time I, I locked the girl's bathroom and there was like a couch in the bathroom and I took the interview there because there was no other space. And so I just made it happen. You know, it was like just pure, like just relentless action and making it happen. And I was lucky because the reason why they hired me at Disney streaming services was because I had a podcast. So they were relatively supportive. Like they knew I would take interviews at lunch and things like that. Um, and I crushed my job. So I didn't really get in trouble for anything. And then, you know, on the way home from work in the train, I would do all my engagement. And so I'd respond to my community. That's key, right? And I was a real person in the DMs, in my comments responding. And then at night I was lucky. My, my boyfriend at the time, uh, he was a famous music producer. And so I would make dinner and he would go to work at like nine and then I would just work on my podcast till 12 and and then do it all over again. I used to get like four hours of sleep a day. Like I swear four or five hours max. I was really sleep deprived. So I don't say like, here's the thing. This was temporary, right? And I feel very proud of delaying gratification for that long because I worked every weekend. I worked every night. I missed out on a lot of fun things. I barely traveled. I freaking hustled, but I saved money. I was able to fund my own business, bootstrap my own business, start this podcast, live out my dreams. And I did delay gratification for four years, but guess what? Now I do whatever the heck I want. I go to the spa during the day. I take all my meetings, like getting massage. Like, I just feel like I do whatever I want now. And I, but I worked so hard for so long. Uh, and even before the 16, 18 hour days, I was working very hard too, but there was four years where I just, all I did was work. Um, and I don't regret it, even though a lot of people like look down on that hustle type mentality, but I feel like delaying gratification for like, you know, a handful of years can literally, I feel like I'm more successful than 50 year olds now, or like, you know, and and so, and I've just like, skipped 10 years because I did that. So just very thankful for the younger version of me for doing that. (laughs) We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now. And I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales.
1: That's off to you, Hala. Yeah, you, you made a quantum leap. You—you you got not just one step ahead, not just an incremental jump. You made many jumps ahead, and you took that hustle, that initiative. Again, speaking through, like you—you you prioritized what was important while killing it at your job, so you could get left alone to then do what you wanted to do and build this this amazing community and companies, plural. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when did you make the decision? How did you make the decision? But it was time to leave Disney and corporate forever and go and double down on Yak.
0: Yeah. So, um, just to kind of give everybody a timeline of everything. So I was at Hewlett Packard. My last year at Hewlett Packard is when I started Young and Profiting Podcast. By the time I got the job at Disney, it was maybe six months after Young and Profiting Podcast. We were already like a number one, how to podcast on Apple and already interviewing huge guests. So by the time I got the job at Disney, I was already like making noise with my podcast, but that's it. It was just like a little noise, right? I kept building, kept building, And, you know, at some point I figured out one thing that really set everything off. And that was that Apple's not the only game in town. I was very focused on Apple. I'm a very creative person. I understand how to build community, how to leverage, you know, my assets. And so I figured out that there's 70 apps in the ecosystem, not just Apple. And I was like, well, I've got this like little notoriety of being like the most popular podcaster on LinkedIn. Like, let me just leverage that. And so I literally reached out to every single podcast tool, every tool that I use, like my hosting provider, Podbean, my recording, Riverside.fm, like Descript, like everything, good pods, every single podcast company in general, and then all the players. So like CastBox, Player FM, Podcast Republic. And I would reach out to them with all the same message. And I'd be like, Hey, what's up? You know, my name's Hala. Uh, At this point, I was not the podcast princess. So I was just like, I, you know, one of the biggest LinkedIn podcasters out there. I'd love to promote your app, your blog in exchange for you featuring me. And that meant different things. So people would write articles about me or people would put a banner in their app and promote the podcast. And so I just kept parlaying that until like literally it seemed like overnight, I went from getting 3000 downloads a month to like 100,000 downloads a month. And then just like my, my chart in my analytics tool for my podcast literally was like a hockey stick. And then everything changed. Then I got on the cover of Podcast Magazine. Then I got an interview with Matthew McConaughey and just like one thing after next, it was just like, just accelerated. So it was like very slow, consistent growth. It was still growth. And I was like, you saw the journey. I was still like, you know, bubbling, people knew who I was, but it really went fast. Like two years into it, it just skyrocketed, right? So at the same time, this was like the best and worst time of my life. COVID hits, right? So I have my podcast. It's a, doing really well, interviewing huge guests. Got this executive job at Disney. COVID hits April of 2020, March of 2020. Disney says, work at, go to home. You know, everybody's working from home. I had more time. Uh, at the same time, my dad gets sick with COVID. So I ended up going to my parents' house in Jersey and taking care of my parents who both had COVID. I ended up getting COVID. My dad goes into the hospital. Everybody's still working from home. And I found myself, it was a really shitty situation, terrible situation. And I found myself with a lot of time, okay? Even though I had a corporate job, even though I had a podcast, I had no friends at the time because I was sick with COVID or even though I was done with it, but everybody was scared of me. Cause we are like the first family impacted by COVID. So like nobody wanted to visit me or anything like that. So like no friends for a few months, no boyfriend. I didn't see my boyfriend for three months. And I was just stuck at my parents' house, bored. You know, my dad was in the hospital working for my job, which I could basically do with my eyes closed at this point. And I had no commute. So I had like three, four, five extra hours a day, if not more. And at the same time i met this lady heather monahan and heather monahan um she is a very famous linkedin influencer she's known as a confidence creator she came on my podcast right before the pandemic hit and she kept stalking me basically on linkedin and she would comment on all my posts hey how are you doing these videos i want to understand like can you do my videos and i and i would just be like hey heather like i have a volunteer team i have a job like my dad's sick in the hospital i don't have time for this like thank you so much she kept being persistent and I was interested in her being my mentor. And I'm quite aware that like the mentee mentor relationship is give and take. And so I said, hey, Heather, like I can't do this for you like as a service, but I could teach you how. So why don't we get on a call and I'll show you how to make these videos. So I get on a call and I show her our Slack channel. I show her all our folders. I go into Canva and I show her our templates. I show her headliner and, and like just walk her through. And she's a like, holla. I'm never going to make these videos by myself. <laughs> Let's be real. And she's like, I just got on a call with VaynerMedia yesterday and your stuff is better than theirs. She's like, I want to be your first client. Like, just trust me. You can do this. Like you've got a business on your hands. Let me be your first client. And I said, okay, fine. And so I did her videos. I, I literally tried, to try, I think like 600 bucks a month or less. And she was our first client and it's still, everybody's just volunteers and interns at this point. And it's just, they're just doing Heather's videos. Next thing we know, we're taking over all her LinkedIn, all her podcast, and then we get the next client. And literally, I, I, this is actually funny that I brought it up. I told you that in corporate, I became the PowerPoint princess, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My second client, the second pitch that I ever did after Heather Monaghan was a billionaire. And I went on his podcast. His name's Jason Waller. He's the, the, he hosts True Underdog, which is now part of the YAP Media Network. And I went on his podcast and he was very impressed with me. That's why he invited me on to begin with. And he was like, hey, Hala, like, do you do this? like, do you do this for other people after the, after the show? That's what he asked. And by the way, people asked me that for years, but I just always ignored it. Right. So he asked me that. And for the first time I was like, yes, I do offer this as a service. Right. Because I had Heather Monahan. I was like, Heather Monahan's my client. And he knew who that was. And I was like, yeah, I do her LinkedIn. I do her podcast. And he's like, all right, let's have a, let's have a call. Like I want to talk tomorrow. So that night I put together a PowerPoint. I had no website. I had, you know, we weren't even incorporated. Younger Profiting wasn't even trademarked at the time. I put together a PowerPoint and I got on a call with Timothy Tan, who is my first volunteer and not even my business partner yet, but he was like my second in command. And we go through this deck and, you know, we're thinking 10K for all these, we'll take to his podcast is this is that. And then Tim was like, let's just charge 30K. Like what could happen? And I was like, okay, let's try it. So I go on a call with him and I, and I just, you know, do my best job presenting using like my MBA skills, my corporate skills, like everything that i learned up to that point. And I was like, all right, well, it's going to try, like, this is all we can do for you. I go through everything and it's going to be 30 K a month. And he was like, bam, let's do it. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And then everything changed, right? So my second client was $30,000 a month. And so then I was able to hire my team, started paying my team, started hiring more people. I have a team all over the world. So my creative team's in the Philippines. My uh, operations team is in India. My social media managers and producers are in America. So then I started paying people, like we became a real company. And then I just landed like next big client after the other, because you just have more leverage. Now I had Heather and Jason as leverage. So then I got Kara Golden, the CEO of Hint. Then I got the CEO of One Hundred got junk and I started taking all over his stuff. Brit Marin of Brit Co, you know. Now I'm doing uh, Marshall Goldsmith, who's a huge author. And it just snowballed so quickly. So six months into it, I'm at Disney still. And I have 30 employees around the world, right? I get notified that I'm gonna be on the cover of Podcast Magazine. I also found out I was about to interview Matthew McConaughey. And this was January of 2020, I believe. I became a full-time entrepreneur February of 2021. And that's when I was like, all right, I gave them 30 days. Um, they didn't want me to leave, but I was like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just, it's so obvious that this is taking off. And I, and I feel like I should have left like, two months after I started Yap Media, the agency. But yeah, so that's that's basically it, you know, it just skyrocketed. But here's the thing, I don't wanna give the wrong impression. It skyrocketed because I had done all the hard work up until that point. I had the social proof, I built the community and I was only of service to everyone for so long. I literally never thought I would make a dollar. I, I just wanted to give back to my community and like just be this voice and like help people. And it only worked because I had built that very strong foundation and I listened to the demand. I didn't start something that I thought would work. I started something that when I realized that everybody was asking me for the same thing, they wanted my marketing and podcast, they wanted me to do what I did for myself. They wanted that for themselves. And so I just turned that into a product and it was never even in my plan. I never wanted to be the CEO of a marketing agency, but it was just the perfect thing to actually get me to my goal and help me invest back into my podcast and grow it even bigger and become hopefully the number one female podcaster in the world, which was my original goal. So yeah, it's all the lesson here is follow the demand and be aware of your opportunities and you know, take that risk.
1: That's so true. That's it. Just when someone's calling it out to you and actually speaking to you and commenting and chasing you down and trying to get you to focus on actually you're amazing at this thing. Can you please do it for me? Just, just please jump into it. Is is that also the lesson then you, you perhaps stayed a bit too long at Disney or would you have changed anything on that journey?
0: Well, I'm happy that I played it like with a very risk-free approach because I was an entrepreneur already. So you have to understand that like I was this failed entrepreneur and I found all this stability in corporate, like for the longest time in my twenties, I was making 20, 30 grand a year. You know, it was a lot of smokes and mirrors, you know, being in that music industry and not really figuring out how to make money and radio has no money and they weren't paying me. And so for six years, I was just broke. And then all of a sudden I, you know, was making over six figures and was an executive and all this stuff. I was just really addicted to the stability and I I was very like hesitant to like go out on my own. So I built it up to a point where I was making way more money with the business than I was at Disney. So it was like the obvious choice. And so I recommend to side hustle. If you have the time and if you can delay gratification, side hustle and make sure that There is demand that you've tested it before you go invest a lot into it. And then there was a certain point where it was like just clear as day and night. And yes, I probably could have left three months earlier, but in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter. I'm just thankful that I actually took the daily action to side hustle that whole time and did something, even if it did take me longer in the end. uh, And maybe like if I had started maybe a year earlier, I'd be even further, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And I feel like the timing was fine.
1: I think that that's perfect. Yeah. It's good to call that out because it is the daily action and it is the way that you take action on your goal. Cause this is your goal, right? You're living your dream right now. You've, you've, if you've built the studio, you've got everything, you've got time to research podcast guests, you're running a huge corporation of your own. You're in charge. You're not the kind of getting held back by any kind of gatekeepers out there. It's it's great, but it is that daily pursuit. And I think the sacrifice that you've done is all, is all paying off now because you're where you wanted to be. So Obviously you've done some amazing things you've had McConaughey on the on the show but it's not about just focusing on that because you've had some very interesting conversations with tons of other people what strategies can you share for podcasters out there that potentially want to grow and they're not seeing the results and they're just struggling to even even land the guests they want and not just McConaughey but like some of the other guests
0: Yeah I mean here's the thing podcasting is a tough space to break into because I feel like if you really want to win in the space, you have to be relentless and you have to be so obsessed with learning everything about the industry. And that doesn't mean just focusing on the production of your show. I think way too many people focus on putting out episodes and that's all they care about. I'm going to put out an episode, even if nobody's listening, even if I never even evaluate if I'm good or not, and a lot of these podcasters are not doing enough research. I can't even tell you. You're, you've are you done an incredible job. So this is nothing to do with you. How many podcast hosts I've gone on and they'll be like, how do you pronounce your name? Mm. And I just laugh because I'm like, you have literally like 500 episodes you could go listen to on my podcast to hear my name. And I'm not like a nobody. I've been interviewed on 300 shows. So how do you not know my name? That means you didn't listen to one interview that I was on. That means you just didn't listen to one podcast that I was on. So also step back and realize, like, do you even deserve to have people listen to you? Do you even deserve mm-hmm. to have these guests come on your show if you're unwilling to to research the guests that you already do have, right? So step back and realize that, like, this is a craft And you've got people like me and Jordan Harbinger and Lewis House and Jay Shetty who are like 100% into it and focused in it and know everything about it. That's who you're competing against. So if you want to compete, you got to know as much as we know and try as much as we try, right? So back to my original point, you can't just focus on production. You need to focus on promotion. Um, 50% of the time, I always say 50% production, 50% promotion. If that means that you're putting out eight episodes a month, try putting out four and instead spending the rest of the time figuring out how to get listeners, right? And so some tips in terms of listeners, uh, the number one tip is that podcast listeners are in the podcast apps. No matter what it is with marketing, you wanna be where your audience hangs out. So that means you wanna be in the podcast apps. Why do I do interviews like this? Because I'm sure people who are listening to this are gonna wanna listen to Yap, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, you know, are like too good to go on podcasts. For me, I'm like, I'll go on most of the podcasts out there if you have like relatively any bit of an audience because I want, you know, everybody to know about Yap and my audience is in the podcast app. So guest interviews are a great way to grow your show. So try to get, you know, that means you have to be a thought leader. That means you have to grow your social profile. That means you have to be a desirable guest, right? And also ask, and target them and figure out how to target them. There's like a lot that goes into that. So becoming a podcast guest. Then there's also um, advertising opportunities within these apps. So this is something that I stumbled on accidentally through creative strategies. Um, When I was starting out again, I was thinking like, I wanna grow. I'm so huge on LinkedIn, but I'm only getting 3000 downloads a month. These people who are on LinkedIn, they love my videos. They love my pictures. They don't listen to my show, right? Mm. There's no correlation there. It's half the people on social media don't even listen to podcasts. So again, you need to be in the podcast app. So I reached out to these players and I was like, hey, I'll do like, you know, a feature on you on LinkedIn in exchange for you guys featuring me in your app. Then I found out that they have all these advertising opportunities on all the players. Apple is like the only one that doesn't have like a paid advertising opportunity. You can advertise on Spotify with audio commercials. You can advertise on Castbox with a banner on podcast, Republic with a featured podcast. Every app has like something different. You can even advertise in a way when people are signing up to these apps, they get auto subscribed to your show. Right. And so there's so many different opportunities, but you have to learn about them. And by the way, they're not public a lot of the times. And so you have to reach out and figure out how to reach out and get your pitch together and make them want to work with you because they don't want Joe Schmo on their app. You want them to believe in you and to feel like you have some sort of potential and you'll keep active users on their platform. So reaching out to these apps and getting advertising, advertising opportunities. And then the very traditional way is host red ads and in feed drops on other podcasts. So I can hire you and I can be like, hey, like, you know, I'd love for you to do a commercial for Yap and you can Mm -hmm. actually track that in Chartable and see how many people went and downloaded my podcast as a result of you saying a commercial about it. So very like basic concept, you wanna be where the uh, people are listening to podcasts and that's in the podcast apps to grow your show
1: and get and like you said get creative you've you've really got creative there um do you think people assume that because they've got a big following on one channel that it's just automatically going to convert and that's a big mistake
0: oh 100% like i you see it all the time in podcasting you don't need to be a ce- i'm not a celebrity right you don't need to be a celebrity to be a huge podcaster in fact most podcasters are not social media influencers like for the most part it's pretty rare to have both Um, the one key that I would give to everyone who does have a social following and wants to bring that following to the podcast is that it's all in the DMs. It all happens in the DMs. So a great example, and you can do this, like no matter if you're a podcaster or not, this is just such a helpful marketing tip. It's called permission-based marketing. So if somebody, if you put out like a micro content clip of your podcast, right? And it's like a two minute teaser. Anybody who likes or comments on that post is raising their hand and saying, hey, like I wanna watch a full episode. In the same way, like forget about, like let's broaden it out. I don't think everybody's a podcaster who's listening, right, so let's say you uh, have a product. Let's say you're a real estate agent and you put up some information about like real estate tips, real estate investing tips. Anybody who likes and comments on that post may be interested in your real estate services. And so that is them raising their hands saying, you have permission to contact me. And I guarantee you that anybody you contact who already took the first action of liking and commenting on your post will never say that you spam them, will never be rude to you for reaching out. It is your green light to approach them. So for the micro content example, I'd be like, Hey, I noticed that you liked my recent post with Ed Milet. Uh, If you want to watch the full interview, here's the link. And then usually, and I always ask, this is a great tip too. Let me know how you liked it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Usually people feel very happy that, you know, I personally reached out to them. This worked even when I was a nobody, by the way. I've been doing it for four years. And they reach out and they're like, oh my gosh, I listened to the episode. It's so amazing. Like you did such a great job. And then it'd be like, great. Can you please copy and paste this as an Apple podcast review? And they usually say yes. And so you get all these people to do the actions that you want. And so long story short, the DMs is where all the magic happens. The DMs is where you get people to go to whatever other platform you want them to go to. It does not happen in the posts. And by the way, all selling also happens in the DMs, not on posts. So use your posts as a way to educate, inspire, motivate. And then anybody who engages, you can then, whatever calls to actions and th- conversions that you want to happen, they happen in the DMs. Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. And all the products that we love, now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands, so that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips, Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. Young and Profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. You get high cash back rates for only eight days. So hurry, membership is free and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. Go to Shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. (laughs) Young and Profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me.
1: The podcast princess in the house. That was awesome. (laughs) That was so good. Yeah. You've just given some really good tactics and strategies that I know if people implement and actually go through with what you say, they'll get results, but it's, it's tough, right? You've got to do in that's building it brick by brick. It's not just getting one huge strategy that blows up and then it's all done. It's brick by brick and then implementing it. Let's go into some quick questions. I'm I'm, like, I'm loving this by the way like some of the things that you said that that just stand out right you asked for more money when you moved your bar up and you had the 10k ask and you went no let's do 30k that was a big move right because then suddenly you've got 360k to go for it and then that snowboard and it is a snowball right and what i'm seeing through all of this is it's It feels like it was the perfect storm, like things just fell into your lap, but it it isn't right. If you take it back, you're always creating the next move. You're always taking that initiative, that action to bring the things to you to then actually take action on them and listen to the feedback and go for it. Love that you stepped up, you went to the, the billionaire, and it just so happened that you just created Yap as a business. You've got your first client, Heather Monahan, and then you said it right. You didn't hold back. You didn't go, oh no, I'm not sure. I've only just Mm -hmm. done this i haven't got a website i haven't got a team yet you went for it and you said yes we can do that and you you did it that evening you did the powerpoint and you went and you pitched him there's so much good stuff that you're just saying that people can take regardless of their business doesn't have to be podcasting and just motivate them to move through and go for it and take action so hala like this is great but let's go into some quick questions
0: okay what
1: is your motto or mantra for life
0: Oh I mentioned it before Tim it's it's how you do anything is how you do everything so that's that's one of my favorite ones also like this one's kind of like cliche but Rejection is redirection and I really believe that. And I'll stick on that for a moment because I think about all the no's. And I always say like, I'm very thankful for all my no's because I I really feel like timing is everything. And I'm really thankful that Hot 97 didn't give me the job because actually when I was younger, I didn't realize that the DJs made 30 grand a year. My first client was 30 grand a month, right? (laughs) And so it's like, I am really thankful that I like, of course, Angie Martinez, like the main host was making more money than that. But like in the grand scheme of things, it would have taken me so long. And many of those DJs now are contacting me like, Hey, you're the podcasting guru. Can you help me? Like, I want to start my own thing. Cause they're trapped under corporate podcasts is my own thing. I own it. Right. And so I'm so happy they told me no. And at the time I thought like my life was over and like, but Like we said before, when you fail, you don't start from scratch, you start from experience. So it's like, even though I was working there for free and I didn't make a dollar, I learned how to audio edit. Like I learned how to produce shows. Like I learned how to do sales. I used to sell showcase tickets to the rappers and hustle all day. And so it taught me like hard work and I learned a lot from it. Same thing with the sorority of hip hop. It failed in the end. I didn't get MTV in the end, but I learned how to be a leader. I learned how to build websites. I learned SEO, I learned social media. I took that and then leveraged that for Yap. And by the way, I'm so thankful I didn't get MTV. Look at Snooky's brand. I feel like I'm going to have so much more longevity than that. They would have destroyed my life and they did they were trying to make us fight and they were trying to make me look bad and they would have, who knows how they would have positioned me. I probably would have embarrassed my family and all these things. So it's like, thank God they told me No. And same thing with HP. Thank God they didn't give me that position that I wanted because I would have never started yap. And so every no has actually redirected me towards what I actually wanted in life. And so just be thankful of all of your experiences, good and bad, because in the future, you're gonna look back and be like, wow, like I'm really thankful that it happened this way because it couldn't have happened any other way, basically, you know? And so um, like long story short, I'm thankful for all my no's and like everything happens for a reason and timing is everything. I think that like, this is my time. And so I'm just thankful that everything lined up the way that it did.
1: Insane. Yeah, it sure is, Hella. Like it is your time. It's your time to shine. And like, I like that the no's have guided you through to be heading towards the actual goal. And then only looking back, do you see, wow, that was a complete dead end. And they're not, not the right way for me to go. I love it. I love it.
0: But the key is you actually have to take action. So in all situations, I didn't just like wallow and ruminate and just Mm. think about the past. I kept moving forward. And I didn't really know exactly where I was going, but I kept moving forward, right? In some sort of positive direction. Even if it was like a little detour, like Hewlett-Packard, I guess, like working in corporate for four straight years, it was a slight detour, but I kept moving positively and taking action.
1: And the detour, you did the best in that moment. With what you had, and you were you were you authentically in that moment at, at HP, creating that new network, and then that took you to the next stage. The skills that you got there were yeah. the next. So, what is the, one of the biggest takeaways you have got from a guest on on your show?
0: From a guest on my show. Yeah let's think. Um, Oh, one that was really impactful lately. Uh, So I had Nathan Chan on, he is the founder of Founder. It's like this online magazine. And um, he actually has a friend that is friends with Jeff Bezos. And Jeff Bezos is like, obviously this, everybody knows, he's the CEO of Amazon, literally the richest man in the world. And he asked his friend, he said, you know, Jeff, or his friend asked Jeff and he was like, Jeff, like you have everything anybody could ever want. You literally could buy whatever you want. What is a man who has everything desire? Like, what do you desire? What's left to desire if you have everything? And Jeff said, I desire to evolve. All I want to do is evolve. And so that really hit me because it made me realize like the purpose of life is to evolve. Like there's really no other purpose. It's to evolve, to get better, to get smarter, whatever that means. And so as long as you're evolving in a positive direction, you're you're on the right path. And so that was one of the most like impactful things that I've heard in a while. Um, And I feel like you only really have that kind of knowledge when you've achieved so much, you realize that like, once you've achieved so much, the only thing left to do is to evolve personally, you know? And so that's the biggest takeaway recently.
1: (laughs) So much wisdom in that. That's just so, you can see there's a lot of truth in, in growth and the fact that someone with all the money in the world that could do anything they want, wants to grow more and wants to expand. And that's just complete self-expression and oneness. I love it. So, Let's talk about habits. What habits have accelerated your success? Because it has been a rocket ship.
0: Yeah, I would say um, asking and not being afraid to ask. So I shoot my shot all the time. Even to this day, I'm shooting my shot. I'm trying to interview Mark Cuban at Podcast Movement and shoot my shot. I shoot my shot with uh, Matthew McConaughey to get him as a guest. I'll tell everybody a funny story. I got Matthew McConaughey as a guest because I literally emailed him And I was like, hey, Matthew, I'm like, I noticed that you're going on podcasts smaller than mine. And I took a screenshot of the of like one podcast that he went on. And I was like, uh, and took a screenshot of my ranking. And I was like, I'm like 500 times bigger than this podcast. Can you come on Yap? And he was like, sure. (laughs) And that's how I got him. You know what I mean? So it's just like taking a chance. Anybody else would have been like, oh, Matthew McConaughey is never gonna say yes to me, but like shoot your shot, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also another like, um, the question was like general life lessons, right? Sorry. I lost my train thought.
1: When we, when we go back to your accelerated success, it's, it's been like a rocket ship. Like, are there any habits or kind of strategies that you've doubled down on? Like, I love that. Shoot your shot. Just, just ask, just go for it. Don't, don't be your own limiter. What else has kind of got you there in terms of habits?
0: Yeah. I mean, relentless action towards growth. Like I'm always trying to think of new ways to grow the show. Like that's the game, right? How do I get more listeners? And it's just experimenting. So it's like, I'll give you one example. We have new Spotify playlists. I have this crazy idea that I'm going to reach out to college professors all over America. I'm going to create playlists about human behavior and sales and careers, whatever it is, and target professors and be like, add me to your curriculum. You know what I mean? Here's the playlist. My team will will create a worksheet. Like, let me know if you use it. And then I'm going to get like hundreds of kids at a time listening to my show and spreading the word. Like, it's all about these like creative strategies. And it sounds really time consuming, but that's like the only thing that works right now. Like, unless you're going to pour thousands of dollars in Google ads and Facebook ads that honestly don't even work. Right. And so just like coming up with creative strategies to grow, I feel like that's a habit. Just taking action all the time is a habit, right? Not sitting on my laurels and expecting things to just happen. I literally take action every day and I've instilled that mentality in my team to just take action and feel like they're able to make decisions without me and and take actions on my behalf to grow the show. And so I feel like those are some, some things that I've done in order to accelerate our success.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. So books wise, what's your favorite book? recommend. Hmm.
0: So the first, so I have a couple books. Um, the first I'm going to mention is from Dr. Jack Schaefer. He was actually the first guest on my show. He's been on Yap three or four times. His is this ex FBI agent. He wrote something called the like switch. And it's all about how to nail your first impressions, how to get people to like you, how to create friends and like turn your enemies into friends. And honestly, I've listened to that book maybe 50 times. It is amazing. It's called The Like Switch by Dr. Jack Jack Schaefer. I recommend the Audible book, especially if you like podcasts, you're gonna love the Audible book. It is just a gem. So much useful information. It seems obvious, but like it will just help you in every aspect of your life. Like how to smile properly, you know, how to have a conversation with someone so they feel like they're important and they wanna like you more. And it just helps you with your networking. And I feel like it's a very important book. Um, I also love Chris Voss also came on my show, Never Split the Difference. So that's one of my favorite like sales and negotiation books, just so much great information in that book. Um, How to uh, make friends and influence people, uh, Napoleon Hill, also such a great book. I love human behavior. Uh, Robert Greene, uh, The 50 Laws of Power, uh, uh, The 50 Laws of Human Nature, I think it's called actually, sorry. Um, he's got so many books. Robert Green is amazing too. So anything by Robert Green and his human behavior books, I love.
1: That's it. So I'm, see, I'm seeing a theme here about influence psychology and
0: I know. I don't know. I love that so much. I, <laughs> I talk about that so much on YAP. I just feel like it's an incredible skill to have, whether you're a marketer or in sales or just no matter where you are in life, even just improving your own relationships, human behavior mm-hmm. and studying that is just so powerful. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about on YAP.
1: Brilliant. How can someone maximize achieving their goal or goal achieving?
0: There's lots of ways. First of all, write it down, right? Um, that's one of the biggest things that I feel like a lot of people just don't do. They don't write a plan. They don't write it down. They don't break it down, right? A lot of people just like hope and wish and, and say do a lot of talking, but they never like put pen to paper. And so like write it down, break it down into steps, put a timeline around it and make it real. Like that's how you make it real. Um, the other thing that I would say is like, if you have a goal, say it out loud, say it often, you know, I'm constantly saying that I'm gonna be the number one female podcaster in the world because that's my goal. And so I say it, anytime I can say it, I say it even if it makes me look arrogant or not humble, I don't care. Um, I was actually just talking about this on my podcast. I feel like I'm anti-humble. I feel like that's one of the sickest things going on in our culture right now is that everybody thinks that they have to be humble. But what they don't realize is that humble, actually like the meaning of humility is to be low to the ground, right? So do you want to be low to the ground or do you want to be high and big? Of course you want to be high and big. So stop worrying about what other people think, when you talk about your accomplishments or your goals, like just say it out loud, you know, be proud of where you wanna go and and say it out loud and often. And by the way, when you say it out loud and you repeat it, your mind starts to see the opportunities that you otherwise would be blind to, right? So once I had the goal to have a social media agency, I started seeing all the demand that I was ignoring, right? All these people that would, at the end of my show, literally like clockwork, hey, I I noticed you're so big on LinkedIn. Do you offer this as a service? And I would always be like, no, no, sorry, nothing to see here. All of a sudden I started realizing that this was an opportunity and seeing those opportunities. Same thing with my podcast. I had the goal to be the number one podcaster in the world. I, I really believed it. I used to look at my podcast chart And I literally would put my finger on the top of the corner of my computer screen and be like, one day that's going to be like up there. And I used to always say that. And I used to cry, like being like, why isn't it there? And like be so into it, you know, and like envision that line going up. And then one day that line literally was what I imagined. And it's because I would think about it and because I thought about it so much and I wrote it down and I took action I started seeing the opportunities, like reaching out to the podcast players, like just seeing, just taking my shot because I believed that I could do it. Right. And the other thing that you need to keep in mind is that in order for all of this to work and for you to achieve your goals, you actually need to believe that it's possible. Right. So none of this works if you don't actually believe that it's possible. So if you have confidence issues, do the work to stop negative self-talk, to become more confident and actually believe that life is limitless and your goals are possible and you will start to take the actions needed. So um, I have so much content on Young and Profiting Podcast about how to achieve your goals and, you know, stop the negative self-talk, believe in yourself. Um, and so I'd love for you guys to check that out if you want more information on that.
1: Hello, Taha. Like this is, this is, what people should be doing every day. They should be getting totally into Young and Profiting. Where can they find you? Where can the audience go to to, to find more about you?
0: So Young and Profiting is on every single major podcast player, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, CastBox. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. And I'm on Instagram at Yap with Hala.
1: Oh, this has been a blast. Thank you so, so much. So much gratitude coming from me for you coming on here. And just this is the ultimate story of growth. This is someone that in the space of the last decade has taken their skills and they've just stacked them and just moved and hustled and had grit and determination. I can see this emanating from you. There's just so much that you've just shared that I know is going to help the audience. and It's going to resonate with them really deeply. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Tim. You did such a great job and I wish you the best of luck on your podcasting journey.